That's right, back Charlie. People deluded, I'm back again. Come on, Ian. <laughs> And with an intro like that, what more can I say? We've got a special guest in the building. Babs is here. People deluded. I'm back again and all those things. Make sure you're subscribed to Babs. I can't imagine you're not already, but subscribe. Smash the like button. Comment any thoughts. You saying, bro? You good? Yes, bro. All blessed. Appreciate the invite. And let's do it, man. Minor, minor. You ill? You look under the weather a bit. Yeah, yeah. I've listened, man. I've had a few rough few days. So. Well, you should have said so. I would have cancelled it, man. But I no, no. It's, it's I, I was out in it. I was out. So that's probably why. I'm, I'm uh, not really ill. It's just. Do you know what I mean? One of them heavy ones, bro. <laughs> Too much tequila, man. When you say it, anyways, man. In relation, let's crack straight in. First of all, obviously, it's been a minute since I've spoken to you. Before we touch on Leicester. Now with it being February, with February done, and we're waiting on March and playing tomorrow. What have you made of the last month for football between us, our football club? It's been mad, isn't it? It's been a bit of a roller coaster, you know. Last last roller month coaster. at the start of it, yeah, it was uh, all panic stations, and we lost like what two games, uh, drew one game against Brentford as well. Uh, but I wasn't that panicking because I was like, you know what, we were still doing the right things, especially against Brentford, where you know we yeah we drew the game, and yeah Brentford made some chances, but we kept doing the right things, and especially against Man City as well. In that game, I think we were the better team. We dominated the game, made more chances, and if we didn't make those silly errors, you could have actually won that game. So. Yeah, I, I wasn't that worried. So when we beat Aston Villa, I mean, it was a last minute one. But listen, I thought it was about time. What did you, you touched on it and I completely forgot. Man City, because obviously a game like Man City, not to go too far behind, but it's fine margins. And I think, you know, as you kind of said, we've played well this season. I think when you play well, you earn the right for five margins to kind of go for you. And some majority of the season, we've got away with individual mistakes. Against a team like Man City, obviously the margins for errors are small. I personally think first half, we get, we went toe-to-toe. Second half, we kind of let off and they, they changed their formation. Obviously, we had a couple of mistakes. What do you think went right and wrong against City, if I was to ask you a bit more about it. A lot went right, 
But the few things that went wrong, they punished us. And that's what mm, that's what top mm. teams do. They're ruthless. I think it's anything, you know, yeah, this year for the title race, we need to learn from it. But next year, when we're in the Champions League, we have to we have to be the same. Because, you know, you could dominate a game, you can make most chances, you could do everything. But right. if you give any mistakes um, and the dangerous ones that we gave away, like the Tommy Asu one, they're going to punish you. So I think it was a learning curve for this young team to go, okay, look, in these big games, we have to be completely on it. We can't make any errors. Um, and to be fair, because they're the youngest team, or the second youngest team in the league, like they'll learn from it. You're right on that regards, man. So what did you make of the Leicester game? Because obviously you touched on Aston Villa. I think I speak for you as well when we say it was must have been a great game for the neutrals. Not quite for us. Superb second half, you know, turned it around and whatnot. Leicester, I think we were perfect, really. The only criticism is that it was only 1-0, but clean sheet, three points. I'm a happy man. What did you make of Aston Villa? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, was at, I was at the game. Um, and do you know what it was? was I was liking the way the front three was moving. It was like the first game post Jesus that we've seen the front three be able to rotate and everyone was like, in, in, in that, yeah, yeah, that free flowing nature. And yeah, we didn't make that many chances, but I mean, the goal that Trossard scored, like obviously because we were the opposite end of the stadium, you could just see it go top bins, and I was like, whoa, done dirty. Like, there, this man. this guy, and you know the fact that we'd be able to sign Trossard and there was no competition for him, a massive competition, um, and the way he suits his Arsenal team, I mean, he's a proper proper signing and that front three I think got me gas more than anything uh, going into the future so yeah the game against Leicester we were pretty solid in it defensively we gave like what nothing nothing away um, and the work rate the unit you know the way the players chase back especially the counter attack I think that was amazing but going forwards uh, I think we can be a bit more decisive especially on the left hand side with uh, Xhaka I think he needs to maybe improve or maybe re uh, be replaced for the short term for Fabio Vieira someone that could kill you in the final third would you would you what did you would you make of Granite Xhaka's recent performances? Because again, for me, Xhaka's a quality player for us. He's been good. I do think we need to upgrade in that position. I do think he's had a good season. And we're going to touch on Jorginho, but I think there's parallels. I think Jorginho's playing out of his skin, holding Xhaka to the high standards he's kind of set already this season. I think he's been a bit flat against Leicester. Everyone was good, but I think he's been a bit flat. And as you kind of alluded to, whether it's Fabio Vieira, whether it's Odegaard, if Partey was fit tomorrow, maybe Jorginho would move in. What have you made of Granit Xhaka? And obviously on that, what do you make of the contract news around Xhaka, allegedly? Look, the, the first 67... I saw this tweet yesterday. The first 60, 70 minutes, he, like, you could see where Arsenal can improve on him. Like In the final third, he wasn't being lethal he wasn't being ruthless whereas Odegaard obviously is but then in the final like 20 minutes when Arsenal were kind of trying to see the game out you could see why he see still why is in the there, team you can see his defensive experience and reliability man that's that's what Xhaka is he's reliable young players can be inconsistent but Xhaka in his what nearly 30s now you know where you're going to get for him and he's going to be reliable and he's going to provide balance so I think you know maybe what it is with Fabio Vieira who's a lot more attacking Mikel Arteta doesn't quite think he's ready in that aspect to defend as well but to be quite honest Xhaka's defensive responsibilities this year has uh, this year have been taken away I think I saw yeah. numbers like his Completely tackles and interceptions enough. yeah he's not there anymore and it's all about Zinchenko and Ben White as he inverted fullbacks one of the tackles and interceptions and the number six so if it is the role that those two those three players are controlling transitions then is it time to put in Fabio Vieira because Xhaka's main role right now is to get the ball in the final third and in that aspect Vieira is just obviously going to be better because he's more of a natural attacker see I don't want to go in on Xhaka because I love Xhaka as a player I no think no you're not going in on him we're being, we're being but, honest like, yeah. nothing, not so exactly yeah, but when I see, you know, when I've said like in, in the recent weeks, maybe we should like kind of replace him for a game or two. I've got a lot of people going, oh, but you got to respect him. I respect him, but I also realise that he's not an attacker by nature. And when you're not an attacker by nature, you're not going to be as decisive in the final third. And when you've got Fabio Vieira, who I, who I think has a killer final ball, and Mikel Arteta recently said he's given him big headaches too. 
I think, why not, man? And again, especially in a game against Everton. Against Everton at home. I know they've got a physical midfield, so I don't think he will. But in a game like that at home, or maybe the game after that at home, we've got Bournemouth at home. I want to see Fabio Vieira start. Uh, I think he started one league game all season, and that was against uh, Brentford, Brentford all those months ago. So Ooh, did he this... start against Wolves? He might come on against. No, nah, he came off the but... uh, for Xhaka, yeah, and, and yeah, in that yeah, game yeah, yeah, he killed yeah, the yeah, yeah. So one and he start, opened yeah. the low block up. He he opened the low block up. He made a lovely run in behind and played it to Odegaard uh, to to score. So clearly, he's a player that can impact the Premier League. And I think if Mikel says he's ready, then hopefully he is. What do you make of potentially, you know, I know he's he's exclusively a left-back on paper. He runs into midfield. What do you make of potentially Zinchenko replacing Granite in that role and then maybe going with Tierney at left-back if it's not going to be Fabio Vieira for reasons, like you said, physicality, et cetera, et cetera. Not that Zinchenko's more physical than Fabio Vieira necessarily in terms of stature. Yeah, I mean, I saw, obviously, we've seen Zinchenko play, play into midfield recently as well. So, But I think in the final third, he, he isn't as good. Uh, I've seen it recently. I think sometimes in the final third, he overcomplicates it. Uh, Ooh, it takes a bit too be long. Specific, be specific. Be, be specific. It takes too many touches in the final third. I, I've seen it a few times recently. Zinchenko, right? Yeah, yes, Zinchenko. And I've seen it recently where, where I think Man City fans told a few Man, Man City fans told me in the summer that he's a top player when he's on it, but when he's like kind of overthinking it, you could slow your team down. So I, I, he's still been amazing, by the way. Like he's been amazing, but that in the final third, down. I want someone that's like click one touch pass and sees the pass. He's, he's an attacker. Zinchenko, even though he plays an attacker, I don't think he is as natural as Fabio Vieira. Look, we've got the, for me, the perfect player in that system right now to play there. He's left-footed. He can play in that side like Xhaka can. And, you know, he works hard as well. I mean, remember that uh, occasion against Aston Villa where they were counter-attacking before Arsenal scored their goals? And, and it was just yeah, Fabio Vieira. Important bit of defending, uh, just to stand up really and truly, not to mention the man's assist as well. Exactly. So he showed there that, you know, as an example, that he can, he has a defensive ability to just, just to slow it down sometimes. And that's what Xhaka does. Um, but I think Mikel loves Xhaka's character as well. And, and that character thing, you can't really take away from credit. So I don't expect him to be dropped against uh, Everton. But if he was to, I think it could be a bit uh, exciting for Fabio Vieira. That's the thing, because I, I share a lot of what you're saying, but I'm kind of in two minds because, as you said, you know, if you're not really doing your job and there's other play people knocking on the door, as you said, Mikel Arteta headaches, then you want to see them given an opportunity. I am a bit worried about potentially Everton's physicality. Obviously, we don't necessarily have a physical midfield. Partey probably not starting, and I would probably start, even though I think Xhaka, if there was other players, you probably could be dropped. I probably would start Xhaka for that very re for that very reason. What do you what do you make of Kieran Tierney then? Because like, do you think it's over? Because on one hand, I kind of think it is over for you. I don't think you want to sit on the bench. Zinchenko's doing his thing, but as you know, football is seasonal. This Zinchenko thing isn't necessarily going to be what ties us through to the end. We need a squad. On one hand, he's going to be playing. Assuming we get there, Champions League football. Why would you want to leave? And if you want to be part of a competitive squad, there's going to be competitions. It, just because you're out right now doesn't mean you'll be out forever. Even though it does look like the system has kind of left here. I think he still has a part to play this season, especially in the Europa League. So I'm not going to say, you know, Tierney's over for this season. But you can see when you play as compared to Zinchenko, like there's a different profile. And like, we're not playing an inverted fullback anymore. Zinchenko is playing literally in midfield. Right. So, so <laughs> yeah, he is playing there. So, you know, Tierney, he isn't that player by nature. That's not nothing. It's like Jacker, for example. It's nothing against the players. Tierney's just, just profiles. a left back. Profiles are different. So, yeah, Tierney in certain games actually could be more useful than Zinchenko can. But um, I think Mikel wants to go fully inverted. So, I think this summer, because Katie's a player wants to start games, I think he'll want to move away and we can get a decent amount of money. And to be quite honest, as much as as great as a player as he is, I do trust Arsenal in their scouting department to go and find the next left-back that's probably 21, 22, to play behind Zinchenko that's happy to be on the bench. Mind, yeah. 
yeah, well, it's not going to be Tavares either. But the whole point is, those are two players that we can sell, get a massive amount of money for, and then go when and invest. When you say massive, the... though, sorry to cut you, when you say massive, and that's actually been one of our pet peeves, resale, because when you look yes. at it, I think Celtic are due like 15%. We spent 25 million on him. It's rumoured to go to Newcastle for 30. Yeah, I think Tierney could start at a lot of Prem teams and should be first choice. But if you're Newcastle, you surely look at their, you look at his injury record to kind of knock it down. And I do want Arsenal to kind of overprice him to Newcastle because nobody's cutting us no deals. Newcastle in the next distant future are going to be competitors for everyone in the top six. Tierney's of the right age. Obviously, Newcastle isn't that far from Scotland, so he'd be closer to, to home. So what do you make of it? OK, let's break it down and say Tierney's actually going. What sort of fee are you looking at or are you happy with? Not that we're transfer individuals. I mean, yeah, I think it would be forty million pounds. I've seen fullbacks that yeah. are a lot worse with less experience go for. I mean, Zinchenko costs thirty-five million pounds. Mm. So you know, Tierney's a. He might not be the same profile as Zinchenko, but he's just as good in my in my opinion in terms of his profile of overlapping and playing as a natural fullback. So I think forty million pounds. This guy's at the peak of his powers. I think he's twenty-five, twenty-six. Signed a new he's got Arsenal not too recently. Yeah, he's twenty-twenty-one. Signed a new contract until I think two thousand and twenty-six or twenty-five, something like that. So he's got a long-term contract. Why would you not sell him for at least thirty, forty million pounds? And more importantly. I think it's a it's a big it's big for Eddie Gaspar because you know we've signed some good players and yeah we've shown our tra strategy that we're gonna we're not gonna overspend for certain players and that's amazing, but selling players the only player that I think we can have sold is Joe Willock, that's about it. Yeah. But Leno went for three million pounds. That was well underpaid. Like look at him now this season. You know he's Still easily deal a with player. Pepe and Cedric in the summer. Yeah. Pepe, they, you know. But I think with this case here, Tierney's a player that Arsenal don't need to sell. The other players, Arsenal kind of had to move on. This is a player that Arsenal don't need to sell, so they got a position of power here. And when you got a position of power, Amen. you should be able to get fantastic money. And I think the, the signings that Arsenal have made money for over the past five years will be Willock. Two players that Arsenal, you know, didn't really want anymore, but didn't need to sell either. And Tierney's another one of those. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Tierney's another player who I expect Arsenal to get a, a decent amount of fee for. And Tavares as well. I think Tavares will probably get... I think Tavares could get similar, you know. I think some European teams might like him a lot. Um, well, if they give me 20 million, I'll drive him myself. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that on a heartbeat man. as well. That's a little flip on 8 mil, keep it moving. Man, you've seen, you probably seen the reports today that Arteta was kind of annoyed with how Tavares was behaving. I think he's done well at Marseille, but, you know, when you read between the lines and you watch the games, he's still being criticised defensively. He's being praised going forward, which, OK, fair enough. Again, from one, you know, I feel like I'm doing Jorginho a disservice. You know, again, in January, everyone on their nan had an opinion on the guy. My personal opinion was probably not the signing you want, but you have to give the man a chance. We know his fragilities. We know his, his strengths. We know what he can bring to the team. And as you kind of said, I don't blind trust people because Arteta has got it wrong. But the underlining thing is if Arteta wants him, you show me enough to say, all right, cool. You can have what you kind of want sort of thing. So I think Jorginho's been quality. You mentioned Man City. He was probably our best player against City, give or take. Definitely against Aston Villa, potentially against Leicester as well. What have you made of Jorginho's impact, man? I love him. Uh, he's such a, he's a, such a he's my type of midfielder. His passing range is so good. I love midfielders. I can just keep it ticking and you know, the line breaking passes. There was a one pass he played. 100%. Yeah, he's a proper regista. You know that whole number six thing is Italian thing, isn't it? Playing as a regista, and he's come through like that. So he's as natural as it gets playing in that. And I think we've become even more dominant with Jorginho in the team compared to Partey. Partey is more physical for sure, and defensively I trust Partey more. But Jorginho, he's clever. And we saw it against Man City where even though he's not as fast, he's clever. He jumps in the right time. He can intercept passes. But his passing going forwards is at a different level. Very underrated and, uh, aspect in the game. Very underrated. I think I saw a stat. The opposition's net, uh, goal on that. 
I saw a stat that he's made 43 progressive passes in three games as an Arsenal player. Jorginho doing Jorginho things. This is why I said people should give the man a chance. Where would you go with Everton then? Because I think we've Jorginho. got some good problems. I think Partey's probably not going to start, but let's just, just humor me and assume he's fit. If Partey's fit, Jorginho's form, what we spoke about with Granit Xhaka, someone's got to miss out. Who are you starting? Because me, I do think on one hand, Partey and Jorginho could be it. I would go, even if Partey, assuming Partey was fit, I think Partey and Jorginho could be a thing. I think Xhaka and Jorginho, I can't begrudge if Arteta goes with the same lineup. I don't know, man. There's some good problems there now, man. Good problems. I, I, don't, I don't see Mikel changing it. Mikel doesn't change teams when they win. And so when the team played against uh, Leicester, did so well defensively and played Pardon so well me. as well, he's going to start Jorginho. And look, I know Leicester, I know Everton have that physical midfield and at Goodison Park, it causes issues, but Partey started that game and it was causing him issues. So there's no guarantee that if Partey starts, exactly, there's no guarantee. There's no, there's no guarantee that if he starts that game, he's gonna do an amazing job, right? This game's mm. all about Everton are gonna sit back and we're gonna have to break them down. It's and a do, who game do I, for sure. who do I trust more out of Partey and Jorginho to break the pass, break the lines? I think it is Jorginho. He's proven it consistently. You know? Jorginho, yeah, yeah Partey's got it in him. But Jorginho is actually natural at that. Like where Partey's better defensively, Jorginho's better in terms of breaking the lines going forwards. Um, so I, I mean, can't change it. I know that for a fact. I think he's going to start him. And Thomas Partey is fit. He came off against Leicester. So if if he wasn't fit, he wouldn't have been on the bench or come off mm. the thing. So he is fit, but now he's got competition for the first time in his Arsenal career. He's got someone to compete with, and now it's up to him to go and say, "Listen, I need to upgrade my passing ability to compete with Jorginho." It's it's good to have different profiles, man. You know, both are good fantastic players. For once, man. Both are fantastic players in their own right. But this is exactly why when Arsenal signed Jorginho, I was saying to, you know, on my channel, I was saying, listen, I, I think this is a fantastic backup signing because he's a backup. And as a backup signing, there's very few players as good as Jorginho. And I think now Arsenal fans are starting to realise this is why Mikel Arteta wanted to sign him at the start um, at Man City and at Arsenal as well. And, you know, certain players need systems to thrive. Jorginho's best football at Chelsea came under Tuchel, a compact Every system. Every footballer, man. I don't think there's a single you know, exactly. footballer. And I think fans act like it's foreign. I think, you know, a good manager hides the frail within the system respectfully to Granit Xhaka is you, you look twice the player now that you've been as you said earlier absolved yeah. of defensive stuff and you're in the final third to the point where people are considering are you a clone we've never seen this Granit before yeah. as good That's as he is point. certain players on our team they aren't physical monsters like Zinchenko isn't Xhaka isn't and Jorginho isn't but they still thrive and you look at the game against Leicester they couldn't yeah, break us down you know Leicester had uh, some physical runners you know like Dewsbury Hall is a good runner yet they couldn't cope with it so Arsenal have this system in yeah, place man. to maximise Jorginho's strength and let's not forget also, the game against Everton in the first game, I don't think Partey was taken off via injury. I think he was just taken off. That's I think Mikel just. It's like I, as I, soon I, as he I, got skilled by Onana, it's like. Nah, yeah, I, I think Mikel said, you know what? I'm, I'm not trusting your uh, ability to break the lines. I want someone more secure on the ball. And he brought in Jorginho because Partey started the next game against Brentford. So if he was injured, why did he start the next game? So I, I, I really think Mikel rates Jorginho very highly. And I think Arsenal fans are slowly starting to realise, okay, this guy on the ball is different gravy. I'm not saying he's perfect, by the way. But, you know, there's a reason why he won the UEFA Men's Player of the Year. You don't win that and, and not be a good player. You've got to be shameless, yeah. man. You've got to be shameless. You don't do that. Us. You do not do that and, you, and not be a top player. You don't, you don't do that. And, you know, there's no fri no coincidence that he thrived in Tuchel's Chelsea, which is a top system as well, and, and Mancini's Italy. So, you know, two systems that played it. And Mancini's Italy, I think, played a full 3-3. So, like at Arsenal, it's the same. 
And one thing I like about Jorginho as well is like when you was when you saw like the aftermath of him leaving Chelsea, you heard Arteta speak about it. You heard the players that he was obviously going to be new teammates with. Thiago Silva spoke about how he's a leader in the dressing room and all of that sort of stuff. And obviously, we're not in the dressing room, but you can see it on the pitch. You know, again, I think against City, he was telling Tomiassi to go forward. Against Leicester, he was governing things. He's what I call one of Mikel Arteta's lieutenants. You've got Zinchenko out there. You've got Granite. I'd extend that to Odegaard as well. It's almost like... They're part of his coaching staff on the field sort of thing. So I'm happy with Jorginho. If you can keep playing, still think we need to upgrade the midfield. But, you know, Jorginho can play a part. And definitely where we've, again, until it's mathematically concerned, confirmed, I'm wary. But we're going to be in the Champions League. As much as we're doing this youngster thing, we need some experience. We need players that, as Edu said, can continue our momentum. And I think El Nene, when fit in his own little role, brings that. We just alluded to Jorginho, Granite, and the rest of them. I still think we need to address our midfield long term. But so far, so good. If we move on to Trossard, I've got a couple of things to ask you in relation to Trossard, bro. The first thing, does it look like we dodged a bullet when you look at Mudrick versus Trossard? Because on one hand, I don't know. There could have been an alternative universe where Mudrick signs for us and looks lit. But you're looking mad. Trossard's looking cool. I have to wonder if 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 Mudrick doesn't improve why we were scouting him. But it's look, to me, it's looking like we dodged the bullet there. I think we... I wouldn't say dodge the bullet because, you know, over the recent years, every player Mikel Arteta has wanted for a massive amount of money has proven yeah. to be pretty decent. I think, again, Jorginho struggled at Chelsea because of the system. So I think it's the same with Mudrick. They've got a poor system in place. They're not confident and therefore they're not going to be as good as Arsenal are. I would say, though, the Trossard signing has worked out better because he can also play down the middle. And if we had signed Mudrick, yeah, he can play, uh, you know, on the left-hand side and be amazing. And I think against most game states, he'll be amazing. Whereas Trossard needs to play against a deep block. He's not as explosive as Mudrick. Mudrick can, can play against a deep block, but also, you know, take it on in the counter-attack as well. But in a front three, I think as a false nine, Trossard's amazing. And when Jesus is injured and Ketty has not been as free-flowing, I think it's worked out better for Arsenal inadvertently. Um, and that's what Trossard is. He's got the experience. He's, he's thrived straight away. Um, and there's a player that went from a Brighton system that was good to an Arsenal system that's elite. And you can see straight away then the impact he's had. And more importantly, I mean, his ball striking is different gravy. The way he banged that goal in against Leicester, it was just allowed. But, I mean, so unfortunate. So that, unfortunate. I knew from the moment he cut it out, he was going in top bins. And that's we don't have those type of players, that devastating ball striking. He's a very you know good what? finish, though. A young player He's ruthless. a lot from him. He's ruthless. And I think he has the most goals on his weak foot in the league as well. He opens up he opens up angles. And I really think until Jesus returns in the next month or so, Trossard needs to stay in that first team. Because I, I want to... Arsenal are at their best and best to watch as well as a fan when the attack is just rotating and it's moving left, right and centre. Because the defenders don't know who to mark. Now again, what did you Everton, make of, Sorry to cut you. What did you... Because you're kind of tying into it. What did you make of Trossard and Martinelli together then, kind of? Because they were rotating, as you said. In the first half, they tried it and it wasn't as fluid. In the second half, it came off to a T. It came off in the first minute of the second half. Trossard comes out wide, plays a nutmeg assist, and Martinelli's in. That does not happen with Nketiah. Not because Nketiah is just a different profile. I, I think I saw the right. heat maps of Nketiah um, against Villa and then of Trossard against Leicester. And it's, uh, Trossard's outside the box, Nketiah's inside the box. Different type of players. And we're That's not making about, chances yeah. for a striker, but we're at our best when everyone's allowed to score. That's why we don't have an out-and-out -out goal, top goal scorer. Martinelli's got nine goals. Saka's got nine goals. We don't what have that Harlan like profile. That, yeah. Exactly. We don't have that profile. So if you don't have that profile, and uh, you need to replicate what you have with Jesus, which is that free-flowing, uh, rotating, rotating final front three. And we are doing that with Trossard. I was very impressed by his performance. And I think he also made, I think, something like four progressive passes as well, which is, I think, the most any Arsenal player has made, a strike has made since Jesus. Listen, man, you... I, I really... Go on, go on. Go on. 
I, I really think he needs to start. Um, and not just start against Everton, but even in like going into the next few games. I, I love his profile, man. I think he's a top player. I wanted to ask you, kind of talking about that. There's obviously, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. You've probably seen it with your brethren. A lot of people, and even Ian Wright, and I think there is some truth to it. Uh, two questions, really. What have you made of Martinelli's current form? And do you think Martinelli's missing Jesus? Because the Brazilian boys, you know, they were kind of doing what you said with Trossard and, and Fingy, where they were rotating and things like that. What do you make of that? Um, you know, I wasn't surprised to see his form drop off when he didn't have that combination play. Because he needs to... It's too, too many games, especially the game against Everton in the first game, you could see he was isolated. He was on his own. He kept like going into the wide areas and just dribbling on his own because there was no one to play with. With Trossard, he's a natural natural playmaker as well. They have that natural combination play. They're both on the same wavelength. You know when different ballers, you see two different ballers on the same pitch, you can see like they, they, they understand each other. They're just um, stuff here that exactly. need to be said. They're, yeah, just, but... they're a second quicker. They're a bit more decisive. They don't wait too much time. I think Eddie sometimes, you know, with all the respect, he's a bit tunnel-visioned only towards the goal. So there was an example where Jorginho plays him in against Man City. If he looks up, he's got Martinelli in to tap it in. Early, yeah, just, I know exactly the chance you're talking he, about. But he's just he's the goal. And Diaz has clamped him in it. Yeah, he just sees exactly the goal. He's a player. Eddie's a player who's a, is an old school nine. He he needs to score for him to be happy. And if he don't score, he won't be happy. Whereas Trossard's a player that even if he don't score, he'll make an assist. He'll make things happen. And that's why Jesus it. only had five goals. He only had five goals, but so five assists as well. So Trossard's now got one goal, one assist, and you can see, I think, going into the future, until Jesus returns, we've got an option there. And, I, you know, I think, looking at that front three as well, you know, it's going to cause Everton issues, because who are they going to work? Who who are they going to work? That's, that's so, what I'm kind of saying, bro, because it's like, on one hand, I do want Eddie to start because he's an out-and-out striker, but then again, if they're going to come, because I think it's going to be a different game, if they do come here and they do sit back, as you said, you can't, if, if a target's forever moving, how can you pick it up? And that kind of disrupts their shape. As you know, if there's space, that's the stupidest thing to do against Arsenal. You give us space, you give us space on the transition, you've seen what's happened this season. So you're right on that. I don't think they will, though. I, I think it will be a pure deep block. I, I don't see them coming out, and I, I think, think the main box threat... Yeah, I think the main box threat, Calvert-Lewin's out of the game. So they don't have that same physical well, presence. Their, their top goal scorer is Damari Gray. He's got three goals. They're going to try to counter-attack. They're going to try to counter-attack for sure, but at a deep block at the Emirates Stadium. We've not done it at the Emirates in, in the last few games. You know, We've won two games away from home, two difficult games away from home, and we've broken down deep blocks. Right. But at the Emirates against Brentford, we struggled. Against Man City, it wasn't really a deep block, but we forced them into it, and we couldn't break them down as much. But you know, we made more chances. We're showing that we can break down a deep block. That, yeah. yeah, We've shown against Leicester, and more importantly, Villa, we can break down a deep block. Win this game, make it three wins out of three, and you know, we're living Gucci. The living Gucci, bro. And that's my challenge. I know it's a big challenge. And, you know, I, my challenge to Arsenal now is can we at least go undefeated going into that Anfield game? Respectfully to Bournemouth, should be washing the floor with them. Everton, we should be getting revenge. Uh, uh, who else we got? Whoever we've got from now till then, with the exception of Sporting Lisbon, in fact, all of them, we should be we should be winning that. I just wanted to ask you a question. Before I ask you a question, one love for the super chat, my bro. He said, DG, and I think you mean Anne Babs, who's better, Casemiro or Partey? I'm going to say Casemiro. He's done it longer. I think Partey's better passing the ball forward, but all in all, Casemiro's better than him. And that's no disrespect to Thomas Partey. I don't think either player is clear of everyone. Casemiro just done it for years, man. Really, like I gotta be respectful to the guy. Yeah, what about his I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree in terms of overall careers, but right now, I know Casemiro's on it, but I don't, I'm not a fan of his passing ability. I think he can pass the ball, by the way, but I think he's a bit wayward. I think in a, in a Carabao Cup final, he had sixty four percent. That's not you know that's not what you need if you're gonna be mm. a, a, a top club like Arsenal, which is purely on the ball. I think Man United yeah, right now love him. Madrid for time, bro. You know what? I, I, I <laughs> made no listen. At Madrid as well, it was amazing, but he had Modric and Cruz. 
He doesn't have that about United. And I think right now at United, he is amazing. But I do believe as United try to become like Arsenal, more dominant on the ball, they might start to think, okay, we want limitations. Eat. Yeah. Like we've seen it with party sometimes, you know, where certain games his passing has been wayward and he's been a bit annoying. And now you can see it was Jorginho was a different, you know, caliber of passer. But yeah, I'd go Casemiro. Overall careers. Yeah. That's why I think we're looking at, well, Zuba Mendy's not really, really like Rodri, but that's where I think long-term Mikel Arteta is going to find one Declan of those Rice. sort of cultural number sixes. Yeah, really, like them cultural number sixes. You can do that where they can progress the ball rather than like the athleticism and whatnot. Again, I kind of wanted to ask you this as well. Uh, Martinelli's obviously played left wing. Trossard's played left wing at a time prior to this game. And I'm pr there was a clip online where I think it was, I think it was Albert, the coaching staff, who was telling them, uh, Trossard to hold his whip because obviously Zinchenko's yeah. running in field. Do you think that harms the attackers? No, because you know that's that's their system. And that's, you know, positional play for you. You want to hold your spaces. You want to be in your own zones and kind of have the width out wide. We saw it against Arsenal with the Grealish's goal. Jack Grealish holds his width out wide. He stays out there. And then, long, long, lo and behold, spaces up, opens up and he scores that goal. If he's tucked in alongside Tomiyasu, he might not he's get that chance. Up, yeah. So, I, I think he has his benefits. Um, and yeah, sometimes players want a bit more freedom. But I think Mikel's found a perfect blend of rotating that final third where it's not just pure positional play. And the attackers are allowed to enter different zones of the pitch. So, um, it can right. be hurtful. But when you're top players and you understand the system pro properly, then I don't think it is. That's what that's what I'm saying. I think the I always say the collective comes first. I do think in the game naturally you get chances. If the gaffer wants you for ten minutes to hold your whip, you'll get ten minutes where you can do what you want really and truly. And I do believe we're gonna get into that scenario where there's more consistent rotating movement, even more intricacies. Even though we need to be a bit more ferocious in the final third, and then we'll do we'll do our thing really and truly. What do you make a draw in sport in Lisbon in the Europa League? Uh, it's, it's uh, one of the not better teams you could have got they were all somewhat difficult teams but you know it's a last 16 you expect to play someone decent uh, I obviously watched Sporting play against Spurs and they were alright nothing too special but alright um, so yeah I think they're, they're more than beatable but I'm more excited for the Europa League to see Smith Rowe play potentially uh, Kiwio as well both players that played hey, last night for yeah, both yeah. those two I want to see those two, those two players play so uh, I think the Europa League's not, not more about experimenting, but I wonder if Mikel Arteta is going to throw in Vieira, Smith-Rowe, Kiwi on those games, or is he going to keep the strongest team um, and have a mix of both? You know, Arsenal have, a, a, we have like almost two squads now, don't we? When you've got Partey and Jorginho, you've got Tierney and Zinchenko, you've got those, right. you know, abilities to rotate and stuff. I, I really think in the Europa League, we, we can get far. And I want to win it, man. I know a lot of Arsenal fans are prioritising the Premier League, but it's not a guarantee. Like it's not a guarantee. Then. And and I think we have to also get used to the idea of more than one game a week in the clutch Tell part of the again, season. Please. More because, than one game a week, more than one competition. There's no can't just focus on one. We need to be able to do this thing because if it was the Champions League, we would not be saying that. I'm exactly. with you. I'm I kind of I'm in set two minds about the Europa League. Not winning it, not getting to the final. We're in it. We need to go and do it. But it's a sense of. We do need to rotate. I do like how Arteta, here and there, other players have been coming in. And I actually am a big fan of, we've kept the same team. We've allowed relationships to build. But you do become a bit predictable. You do become a bit stale. You do bring up a lot of fatigue. And Arteta, early in the Europa League, did go strong. He is going to have to rotate to some degree because there's a lot of games they're coming thick and fast. But I'm not too sure on the amount of rotation, really. You know, I would like to see Kirill play. I wouldn't begrudge Mikel Arteta if he was to play Gabriel as, as a left-sided centre-half and go with Saliba. I do expect to potentially see, depending on fitness, the Kirill, the Fabio Vieira, the Smith-Rhodes, depending on how much football he gets, Trossard. 
by God's grace, you know, Gabriel Jesus is back sooner rather than later. Who knows? Maybe he even plays a part in that as well and potentially even Reese Nelson. But then again, at the same time, you're in the knockout stages. Sporting Lisbon away is not going to be easy. To a degree, do you play your best team and then wheel off people if need be, really? It's a, it's a tough one because, again, even the two Europa League games, bro, you've got Fulham sandwiched in between. Fulham away, I don't think anyone wants to play them on current form. No, I totally agree. And I think in that Sporting Lisbon game, you know, I, I do believe that we have the squad depth to rotate a little bit enough to go and beat them as well. I, I expect for some first-teamers to start, like maybe a Saliba or Gabriel, but I think we've got those new signings now with Trossard, Jorginho and Kivio. You don't sign three players to not go and compete on both fronts. Um, and as you said, the players need to get used to it. And the fans are one thing, but the players need to get used to it because next and year... players want to play, bro. Like, they players want to play. play, fam. They want to go Especially for it, man. You're this you know? close. And I, I, think, I think we do have enough squad depth to compete in both competitions and at least get to the semi-finals, quarter-finals of the Europa League and beyond. This is it. This is it. And I, I, again, I even feel sorry for Matt Turner. He's just unfortunate. Ramsdale's there, you know. Ram, Matt Turner, for me, I've really been giving him his flowers since the World Cup and actually against City in the FA Cup, I think he was superb. So yeah. he'll, he'll get his opportunities without a doubt, man. If I talk to you about certain things in relation to the month now, a bit of a, bit of a just, just, just a bit of fun. Who would be your player of the month and underperformer of the month? For February? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Player of the month is Saka. Ooh. No, no, Jorginho love there. Jorginho. What games have we had in February? We've had... Um, Brentford. We've played... Brentford, Everton, okay. Technically. Brentford, Everton. Okay. Villa, Villa in uh, Leicester recently. There's Defo 1 I'm missing out. In fact, so it's Everton. Go. Is it Everton to Everton or Everton to the last game against Leicester? Uh, it was Everton, Everton away, Brentford at home, City at home, Aston Villa away, Leicester away, and here we are now, isn't it? Yeah, I'll take it back. I'll give it Jorginho because he's been solid in three three of those games at least. Um, and Trossard also deserves a shout as well. I think he's been shout decent Trussell, as well. 100%. But I, I would give it Jorginho mainly because he was written off so massively. Like, but That's I, what I, I remember. I remember deadline day, like everyone's like, oh no, Arsenal have got an agent from Chelsea. And I'm like, listen, man, he's a good player. He's a you good remember player. when he came on against Everton and we conceded? Yeah. Not that it was his fault. And they were yeah, like, exactly that. Won since you got yeah, him. I, I, don't, I really Who hate you when fans write off a player before he's played a minute. I hate Give that. Man I a hate chance, that so bro. much. Um, and I, I think it's a bit naive as a fan base sometimes to, you know, Mikel Arteta has signed, has signed so many top players over the past two, three years. Give him at least one to see how Jorginho is going to play. And now he's playing. Let him oh, fans. before you get onto him, at least. Yeah. He was written off before. He and I think even now, you know, he's been very decent in the past few games. But if he makes one mistake, our fans you will be onto him again. Gets, and I don't like that because he's been fantastic for Arsenal. Um, and clearly, you know, the, the players love him. Mikel, Mikel said he's had a massive impact in terms of experience. And Here the way I don't Odegaard see why not. speaks about him. So who yeah. are we as common football fans? If, the, if Thiago Silva is coming out and talking how good he is, and the players of both clubs are talking how good he is, as I said, the man makes a mistake or does well, you put praise and critique. But who are we as common football fans to say anything? And it's testament to the talent ID, whether we were successful or not in getting our other targets. We've shown that we can react and things. And Jorginho doesn't necessarily even block the pathway of the more long-term, the Declan Rice, the Caicedos, any of these guys. That actually brings me on to my next part of this. If I start saying, I'm going to just say a couple of names to you. I want to know how you how you feel, because I know you do a lot of the transfer news. The dream is free, the hustle is sold separately. First one, there's rumours Giroud wants to return to London. You having him back? No chance. No chance. <laughs> why? I have no a duty to ask you why. Uh, just no different chance. profile to what we have. Devil's advocate. He's a, he is a different profile. He's a different profile. But I think he's thirty-five now. So there's experience and then his old age, right? And and he's he's in retirement. Right 
Yeah, he, listen, J- J- I think Giroud actually has... Also, I think it's a bit of a resentment for what he did at Arsenal, a bit. You know, I see him do it at Chelsea. I see him do it for AC Milan. I'm seeing this, you know, the striker. Oh, you know, this James... Monaco, you know what I mean? And then at Arsenal, he, he's moving like, you know, how, how he was. It was awful um, compared to what he was. He, look, I've always got the whole Ozil thing where I'm like, bro, listen, you just need a couple goals. A couple goals. You could have maybe won a title. Could have got Ozil assist record. But listen, hey, I think he's a good player. I'll give it. Would have put it in oh, the back of the Remember the Monaco game? Exactly. Monaco. That's what Champions I'm saying. League. The Monaco yeah. one, I can't forgive you. I don't I forget Giroud those days. Still, I don't forget those days, bro. Those days. He's looked at with rose tints at times, if I'm honest. But listen, respect to him. France's all time top goal scorer. Fair enough. You can do that away from the Emirates. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Paqueta, we've been linked with him again. No. Why? Because he's not the profile. He is Fabio Vieira, isn't he? He's an attack-minded player. I think if we're going to sign, if we're going to sign an eight, it will be a eight-six hybrid, like a McAllister, a Brighton, a Caicedo. Oh, what do you uh, make of what you, you know, make of McAllister? Now that you, I take him at Arsenal. I, I'd love him at Arsenal. Um, Why? I, I, because I think his profile is just so perfect for that left-hand side. He, he's an attacker that's turned into midfielder, so it's going forwards. He knows where to be. Sexy he's got five goals a yeah. season. But also defensively, I think he wins two point five tackles per game, one point one interceptions. These numbers are good defensively as well. Works hard as well, and I saw him at the World Cup. I think he was amazing. So I really would like McAllister at Arsenal. If I was to choose out McAllister and Caicedo, I would prefer McAllister as a as number eight in the team, not number six. What do you make of Caicedo as well? Now that you said his name, we obviously we flocked trying to get him in Jan. Yeah, he is more of a number six, isn't he? That can play as an eight. So he'd be like a Xhaka replacement. But I don't know how good he is in the final third. I'm not seeing, nah, you know, he what he can't wait. Yeah. So he, he's very raw. He'd yeah. have to improve So if lot. he can't do that, then I, you know, I'm not going to spend £70 million on a player that's raw. That's not what £70 million is worth, you know. You can go spend 20 on someone like that. So, um, yeah, McAllister for me is the midfielder that I'd prefer out of Brighton. What do you make of Zubamendi? I like him a lot, you know. I've not watched him that play too often, so I can't really give like a massive judgment on him. But if I was to talk about number sixes, though, there's one player I want specifically, and that's Declan Rice. I want Declan Rice as a number I six. I am so happy you listed him. That's one name I don't have to ask you. Why? Because some people will say English tax, overpaid, blah, blah, blah. He's not that good on the ball. Duh, 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 duh. Why? You know what? We've we've underpaid for so many of our top signings. Jesus, Zinchenko, so and so forth. Don't you think it's time to slightly overpay for a player? Like we, we deserve this now. We want to get. To we deserve and exactly. We you can't keep improving as a project. You can't keep signing project players. Declan Rice is more of a signing that you know right. is ready made. You know he's understands the Premier League and more importantly, twenty four years yeah. of age. Long. He's a long term signing. 23, 24 years of age. So you could see your future proofing a midfield. He could play as a six and an eight as well. And he's obviously, you know, he has, he's got character. And I think that's what team needs is characters and leaders you as well. You, you said it there with the eight thing. Like, if we sign Declan Rice tomorrow, I'm inclined to believe you're taking part A spot. But when I look at, they're two different players. But when you look at what Arteta has done with Granit Xhaka, I'm not saying Rice would play like that. I'm just saying I could see Mikel Arteta probably showing us a different gear and a different side of Declan Rice. Because respectfully to West Ham, if he's playing for Arsenal Football Club, he's going to be on the front foot of games a lot more now. So you're going to have to see a lot different Declan Rice sort of thing. So I'm all I'm all for it, man. I'm with you with that. What do you make of Vlahovic rumours resurfacing? Uh, I think they're a bit... <laughs> you say grudges, fam. No, no, it's not grudges. I think they're a bit phony, man. I, I, I never believe it quite because I'm like, listen, if Arsenal were going to sign him, we would have actually had some genuine links. It's always like some Calcio Mercato or something like that that, that have no sources, in it. So, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, would I take him at Arsenal on the bench? You, know, you can sit on the reserves, maybe. I don't know, man. But we, we got we got Balogun coming back, so do we need a striker? Do we need a goal scorer? 
I think he is amazing. I think he, I think he's ruthless. What do you do with like, him next summer as well? Um, I try. Look, do you know what? I would like to extend his contract. I don't think it will happen in an ideal Happy world. Yeah, but I don't think it will. I think he'll stay at Arsenal for a bit and then he'll decide himself, okay, am I starting enough games? Am I getting enough minutes here and there? At least but if Arsenal, you know, ideally, ideally, I want to extend his contract and if he's not starting at Arsenal, loan him up to a, a top club in the league somewhere, you know, where he can get more Premier League minutes as well. Minutes but the currency, he, as they say, yeah. yeah. He's a ruthless striker. A ruthless striker. I like that. And, you know, compared to Nketiah, I think he's got a higher ceiling. I'm with you on that. I just feel there shouldn't be no decision decided on, on him, really. No. Because, again, if we there are rumours. David Ornstein said we might sign another striker. Whoever that is, if we sign another striker, you've got Eddie and you've got Jesus. If I'm Balogun, I want you to return. Feel as confident as ever breaking in. But minutes are currency. And I do think with the, we're still going to do the youth project thing. But with it being Champions League, and provided we continued in May having this season, next season there's an element of expectation. There might not be that much game time for young players and whatnot. Unless there's injury, so I would, I, I would, I would think on one hand, Balogun will give it six months until next Jan. On the other hand, you know, you've got a, you've got a hot, a hot property. Could make more sense going out on loan. If you could get fifty odd million, I'm not saying I would sell Balogun, but it's, a, it's a decision to make that could be reinvested. Not as much as it kills me, and I have the impossible dream of one in eleven Haylem boys to come through this academy. Not everyone's yeah. going to make it, and as you kind of said about overpaying, if that money could be slapped towards overpaying for someone then it kind of is what it is. And bearing in mind, it's now 2023. He's contracted until 2025. I'm sure he would welcome bigger wages. But if I'm Balogun, does it necessarily make sense if Arsenal offer you a new deal to sign it tomorrow? I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no. So I'm with you on everything where, where Balogun's concerned. What do you make of Latoura Martinez, Leeds? I think he is more of that false nine profile. Uh, so you can see why Arsenal would like him. But I think he's very expensive. I think 70, 80 million pounds. And and for that, you know, we've already got one of the best false nines in the world football, Jesus. So we don't need Lutaro Martinez. Um, and if I'm going to sign a striker, it will be more of a ruthless outlet. You know, like a Vlahov. Yeah, like a Vlahovic. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, someone someone like that, who is more physical, who can, you know, you can fire the ball into the box, cross it into. We don't have many players that are aerially dominant. So maybe I'd go for that profile. Uh, and I don't think Martinez is that. He's more of a support act sort of thing. Yes. I like him. I like what he brings. But yeah, what do you make of Raheem Sterling links? Even though I don't really buy him. it. Just in, in theory, will you, are you having him? I've seen it. And you know what? I, I can see why. I think the report it said, it said Arteta likes the impact Jorginho has made in terms of experience. And he wants to have more players like that for next season. Sterling would thrive in the Arsenal system. And I have no denying about that. Facts. But, but how much is it going to cost? You know, I think he's available. I think Chelsea have signed enough players. And I think Chelsea going to sell. for 50 mil. And he's going to be on so, big wages. Big if we wages. can get him for thirty million pounds, I don't think it's a bad signing. I really don't. But yeah, anything higher than that, that, yeah, anything higher than that, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. But look, if you're giving me Sterling from Man City, I'm taking it in a heartbeat. So then I'll pay forty for that, right? I'll pay more than forty for that. But uh, I, I think you know it's a matter of how much Chelsea want for him, and will they want to sell him to Arsenal and make us stronger again? You know, that's it's that's the question good. now. Teams are going to look at Arsenal separately differently now. You know, they've given us Jorginho and they might have given us a title potentially. Depending yeah, on how City he does. might not sell us any players now, man. They need no, to City keep won't. doing that, man. We're coming City for won't. Julian Alvarez in the summer. City won't sell us any more players. And that's, it's a positive thing, I'd say, you know. You know, listen, we're, we're a team now to be taken seriously. Facts. Not just by rival fans, but by, by rival clubs. My last name of all them the guys we've been linked with, I'm sure you're probably sick of even hearing his name. You've probably done more videos than you can count on him. Sergi Milinkovic-Savic. You having him? Where you at with that? There was rumours we actually officially placed the bid last summer once again. Who knows, really? He, he's he been linked to the Premier League for so many years. First was my United, Is Chelsea, and now person? it's Arsenal. I, I don't know. He might be. <laughs> he might he might just be an NPC. He might be just an imagination. 
But uh, I, I really do think... Yeah, I, I can see why we'd want that profile. But again, I, I think he's got... I, I want to see Arsenal sign players in the Premier League. Because I've seen the impact of Jorginho and Trossard. They've gone in straight away. The impact of Jesus and Ben White. Ramsdale. So Mikel Arteta has shown that he likes to sign players that understand the league and environment. And I think the perfect player for that, in my opinion, is Alexis McAllister. I'm with you with that. Away from as much as important as it is to sign new players, retaining players. What have you made of yes. Martinelli, Saka signing new deals and rumours around us getting Martin, uh, uh, William Saliba sorry, to sign a new deal? Because in previous years, this wasn't yeah. a thing, was it really? Yeah, it's proactive. I like it. I like, I like to see the club doing things in advance. I don't want to have any contract sagas when the player's in his final year and he's making rumours and whispers. I've seen too much. I've seen the whole thing of, you know, Alexis leaving on a free agent, Ramsey leaving the club. I've seen Ozil's contract saga. I don't want that. So I like the fact that the club... Even Balogun's a few years ago, bro. There you go. So I I love the fact the club have seen their priorities gone. Let me get this sorted and they're getting it done. And I think Saliba's only a matter of time. I hope so, man. I hope so. What better place to be? If you wasn't playing football, I'd get it. But you're playing football. You're part of the project. We're on course. I say on course because it's not mathematically confirmed to be in the Champions League. You're only going to get better. You're only going to grow. And for me, from a selfish point of view, you know, if people do want to buy these players because it's naive to expect them to stay forever, you've got to pay through the nose, in it? And if we can reinvest that, because I am, I do think, I'm not saying any of these names, we are going to have our own Coutinho moment at some point where somebody offers something and it's, it all depends what we kind of do there. So you're right on that, really and truly. To wrap this up, I want to see some questions people have. Get some questions in, people, because I'm, I'm I'm aware I've been airing some. Uh, going love for the Super Chat. Would you take Kudus? I would. What, what are you saying? I'm not, I've not seen him play too much. He's, he's a, more of I'm like a, a... Is he a striker or is he more of a midfielder? He can play up front. I'd probably play him in midfield. He can play out wide. He did quite well for Ghana at the World Cup and, and for Ajax. I'm having him, but... And so apparently Arsenal have an admiration, but yeah, man. Where would you play him? That's the thing. If he was to walk in tomorrow, do you know what? I might, at this moment in time, because we ain't really got options up there, I'm more likely to play you as a false nine, really and truly. I don't see you playing in the Odegaard role. You can do a job out wide. There's a lot of defining to do, really and truly, you know, if I'm honest with you. You'd probably play as a false nine. We'd probably get minutes in midfield. I don't think you start in our 11, but you're a player that can grow and things like that. Would you take Julian Brandt? I'd say no. A few years ago, yeah, but... Not the guy uh, right now, man. Again, I don't think he's a profile. He's not explosive enough to play out wide and he's not got the defensive worker to play as a number eight, so probably not. Shouldn't Balogun be looking at Eddie saying, I'm taking your place? For me, yeah, he should be believing he could take Jesus's place. The same way Eddie should be saying, I'm taking Jesus's place and whoever's behind Saka, everybody should be trying to take everyone's place. As much as we're here to be friends and be colleagues, we're here to play games, we're here to win things. Either you're playing or not, take the shirt off the next man. Nobody wants to not be playing. So if Balogun doesn't believe that, then he should probably just empty his locker and, and not return. But I think he genuinely believes he can, which is great. No, I agree. So, yeah, man. And I, I, we've seen it with Zinchenko as well. He's coming, being friends, and took his place straight away. There you have it. What's your thoughts on, I assume, this is Musa Diaby? Yeah. Decent, bit overrated for me. He's overpriced, for sure. But profiles-wise, he's very similar to Saka. So on the current mm. market, if also are going to sign a right winger that's not experienced like a Sterling, I don't mind Diaby. I think he'd be a good signing. What's your... Obviously, you're not a transfer man, but as you said, overpriced. What's your ideal price and your absolute maximum if you had the money and signing him's a thing? I'm hearing the fee is £70 million, which I don't think he's worth. And especially at the Bundesliga, which I've seen as a league, which, you know, we've seen Timo Werner, we've seen Kai Havertz. You know, these players haven't converted the numbers. I think probably max 50. Max 50, uh, cool, you're 20, 23. uh, Cool, I can pay that for you. But 70, 80, and I'm going, listen, 
nah, we'll leave it. We'll find someone else. This is the thing. I'm saying 40, 50 as well. Probably trying to do some add-ons and, and things like that. I think he's a decent player. I just like it through no fault of his own. I just think he's overhyped. I just feel not that there is a, a, a shortage of top quality strikers or wingers, but for want of other phrases, there is. So I think fans just latch onto one and kind of yeah. gas them up. Will, will Tierney stay? In my opinion, no. I hope to be wrong, though. On one hand, I feel yes, but I just feel he wants to play play games. I don't, I don't. It all depends for me if Tierney forces his hand. I don't think Arsenal will actively try and sell you. If you burn bridges, then yeah, it's kind of long. Yeah, he'll get an offer. A, a team will definitely make an offer for him, and then I think if Arsenal accept, then it's done. There you have it. Would you take Elise or Eze? I'm going Elise. Yeah, Elise. He's more like Saka, and we need a right winger, anyways. So I think Elise also has so much potential on the right hand side. His passing range. He really cuts. He cuts back inside, crosses it to the far post. I love that cross, and, and I think that that would be a good sign. I'm here for that. Would you take Matoma? I'd say based on what I've seen, I've only seen you this year. I would say yes, but I still have the jewelry out for me personally. I'd want Kai Sado and McAllister at this moment in time if I'm signing anyone from Brighton. Yeah, Brighton have become our scouting club, haven't they? Matoma, maybe McAllister potentially. Become our ben White, ben White and Trossard. Yeah, exactly. Brand White and Trossard. So, yeah, would I take Matoma, Matoma? Yeah. And I think he has a more similar profile to Martinelli, that explosive left winger. Um, but, you know, that's not our priorities right now. Let's focus on what we need to do first. Yeah, yeah, folk. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you said, let's address the areas that we need to address. Then, if you want to do that, do that. I don't know if you saw it, but thoughts on Kira's performance for the under twenty ones. I think fans on social media gassing it a bit through no fault of his own. Some cute touches, you know, showed his vocalness as well, and that's that was encouraging because allegedly he's learning the language. Same way Smith Rowe was a bit raw with his passes, but they did well in their forty five minutes. Other than that, based on the minutes they played, there weren't too much in it from both teams. It was like a game of chess, really, for me. Yeah. Solid, didn't it? Uh, I saw his passing range. I liked it a lot. I think he's very clean in his passing. And I like I like players that can hit a long ball when it's clean. Um, so, listen, that it was positive. Yeah. Daisy Cutter, elite yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. There you have it, man. And I mean, if he couldn't pass a ball forward, there'd be problems in it, especially if we want to progress yeah. in centre-back. We'd have to ask questions. Does Partey or Jorginho play your opening? Because Partey just came back. I think it's a couple of weeks away from deciding, but honestly, I don't know. I thought it depends Which, on what Mikel Arteta's yeah. in. Whichever one, whichever one doesn't start in the Premier League is going to start in the Europa League. So either it'll be Jorginho or Partey. And right now, it might be Partey because he's not been playing in the last few games. You said it there. What do you guys do if Newcastle offer 40 for Tini in the summer? Accept. Actually, no, I want to accept. I reject it trying to get more, but at the end of the year, I accept it. Tierney's my guy, man, but I, I feel like I'm snaking him, you know. You're, I, I'm still flying Scotsman FC. is still one of the best fullbacks in the league. I we're think, not going to go know, back to the system, innit? That's, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Gonna... But that's, that's the thing, though. That's, we're not going to go back to the system, but I just know that it's not stuck in stone. Like, if Zinchenko's form yeah. was to be that poor, that it doesn't matter what he's doing in midfield, then we'd have to revert. And then on another hand, I feel cool. Unless, you know what, if we've got a next left-back that can do the Zinchenko thing and defend yeah. that, we don't know, cool, but... To my knowledge, if you spend that 40 million, if you get that 40 million, sorry, you're going to have to spend about 25, 30, maybe even signing the next left back. So, really? you have got one coming through, by the way. Lino yeah, Sosa. big up Sosa as well. But, like, he's a youth, man. Like, like, it's a different, it's a different yeah, it game playing Champions League. He's doing quite well. In fact, he's, he's even doing the inverted role. Uh, you know yeah. what? Removing bias, I think you've got to entertain it in it. It's a healthy little profit. Yeah. But as you said, reject an ask for more because Newcastle aren't going to cut us any deals. Let's be a bit cheeky and say, do you know what? You want Tierney, we'll have Bruno Gomares, a bit of FIFA. Let's see what could be done, really. Yeah. You never know until you ask the question, Little really and truly, man. What else have we got? Does it feel like sometimes we're too in- intricate? Saw glimpses against Leicester where we favoured extra side with passes and one-twos instead of a more direct approach. I would say yes. 
to a degree, yeah. but I'm not faulting it. What yeah, do you I say? Think, yeah, I think we are. We're not as decisive as you can be, but it comes with experience of being there. This this is the first time this team has been this dominant and and have this level of respect as well. Where teams just sit back and part of the bus. They don't want, they don't want to attack us because they know they can't. Um, so yeah, man, I, I can understand it at this stage. This is it. Is Jesus back tomorrow? He's in training to some degree, but he's not going to play against Everton, is he? Really and truly, who would you take at the moment to replace Granite Xhaka? Whoever Mikel Arteta wants, if I'm completely yeah, honest, that, Jude Bellingham would be the, the dream, but yeah, Jude would be the We don't have the facilities for that right now. That's it. We ain't got the money for that, man. We need to shop in Sainsbury's and not Waitrose, yeah, man. We exactly. need to be easy. Unless you want to play that in like Klarna installments or something. <laughs> we need more than Klarna. What about Nuno Tavares? I won't rule out Nuno Tavares. I'll never begrudge him, man. As I always say, I want to be proven wrong. And I'm not watching him week in, week out. But I am up to date. I am watching the games. And nobody can tell me, as of yet, a standout Nuno Tavares defensive performance. He has been quality defensively at occasions, like I think against Leon, But he's still dropping clangers. His best highlights are still just venturing forward and scoring goals. I like him. But he's overrated. Mad overrated. And he seems a bit like a loose cannon. And it's not every young player or every player that hasn't hit the ground running that we're going to just kind of tweak the edges sometimes you just need to make profit so if somebody said 20 million i'm on that where are you yeah, with I'm, that? On that. I'm on that as well i think he's good technically but he's more of a left forward than he is a left back there you have it and if we're going to play him left wing then you're you're now part of the smith road the martinelli the trossard whoever out there and i have to judge you even even worse really and truly what would you do with lakonga um I, I actually might learn him again uh, but i do believe he's got a future at the club I know Arsenal will sign a, a number six in the summer, so I don't see Lukaku starting for Arsenal next season. But you can see in Palace, you know, a few games he's starting now, and he's, he's thriving straight away. So I would probably loan him out one more time to maybe like a Palace like. And then you know, if he's if he's doing very well there, you either bring him back or you make a massive amount of money. So it's a win-win. Last couple of questions, bro. You would you do you, sorry? You think Rice and Liao in the summer is realistic? Probably not Liao, but his contract is running out, so you don't know. I think we'll personally, I think we'll go all over for Declan Rice, but as you know, it's going to come down to the money. I don't think West Ham are going to be in a rush to sell him. They're going to want to provoke a bidding war, so it, it all depends, really and truly. Yeah, I think Rice is realistic, but it all depends on Todd Bobley and how he wants to move for the summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once I hear that name, I'm like, oof, what's going on there? What do you think about the refereeing decisions this season? Is there an agenda against Arsenal? The Ben White Ward look back to Douglas Luiz's goal where Ramsdale was held? Of 100%, bro. Even in the Spurs-Chelsea game, I don't really care because it's got nothing to do with us. But Eric Dyer's got arms all over someone. The goal stands. I, I think there is. This is why I'm so keen on, like what we didn't do against Southampton, against Brentford, against United away. Let's control the variables we can control. It's not right, but it is what it is. There's evidently, well, for me anyways, evidently an agenda. I don't know if it's Arteta's antics on the touchline. I don't know if they just don't like Arsenal. I don't I don't know, but I think there is personally. It's always been there, though, isn't it? It's always been there, like, even from the days of Arsene Wenger. Like, when the he said he was, run was ended. man are getting their yeah. legs broken. The RB. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's always been there, but... You have to just work with it, it. Exactly. You taking Telemans on a free? Uh, as a free, might mm. as well. But do we need him? Do we need him? Him of all players to sign? That's if we're gonna thing. sign a number eight, is is he the profile? That's the thing. I think there's an admiration for Telemans, but I don't think it's like we need to have you. We need to have you. Or respectfully, probably be at the club by now. After all the talk about yeah. your agent being at London, yeah. Coley, I'm for it, but. I don't know. And with you being a free agent, it's very different than last year when we tried to get him allegedly because you've got new offers, you've got better signing on fees. You might have been keen to live in London. I don't know. Now Milan want you. You're interested in Milan. If we do sign Declan Rice on top of having Granite Xhaka, 
players are not stupid. You might look at that and say, yeah, I back myself, but will I necessarily play? I don't know. So I'm having him, but I'm not moving heaven and earth for Telemans. Not that you have to be a free agent. You're taking Osman for 100 million. Am I taking him? Yeah, but we're yeah. not going to sign him for 100 million, so let's just keep moving. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. Let's get one last question in, man. Oh, yeah. Hank P if we sell Tini. If you're talking about the lad at the World Cup, I'm not on that personally. Where are you at with that? I don't know him too much, so I can't really comment. Nah, let's forget about that then, man. All right, where, what other content have you got to come, man? Let them know. It's just uh, it's the same old Arsenal news, and then you've got some TikToks going on, and then uh, the five things, hopefully, after the game tomorrow. Let them know your TikTok account. I don't even know you have TikTok. It's, uh, it's the same as everything. Babs 14 everywhere, man. So, yeah. It's doing nice, man. It's all so blessed, man. Appreciate the invite as always, man. Really enjoy it. Minor, man. You know you're always welcome on this channel, man. Like he, like you he heard Babs say again, his, his uh, what do you even call these things again? His YouTube channel is tagged in the in the bio, people. Better yet, the title. So you all you have to do is click that and subscribe. Can't imagine you are. You heard the man say after the Everton game, at some point, there'll be five five things Arsenal or five things learned in that game. Go and check out the rest of the content. Most importantly, everybody stay blessed, stay safe. Babs, one love for this 56 minutes, 40 seconds. We're going to love and leave you lot, people, in a bit, man. Like, I think it's like.